Welcome back, everyone. Huddle Up Podcast. It is the Five Observations with Big Jim. I'm your host, Big Jim, the host of the Huddle Up Podcast that airs live Tuesday nights on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at Huddle Up Podcast. Um, so make sure you are uh, subscribed and following there so you do not miss the live shows. And if you do, no, no need to worry as the podcast episodes drop on uh, our podcast feed. So make sure you are subscribed to Huddle Up Podcast on uh, all podcast platforms. Uh, if you basically, we're everywhere. If you can find one um, that we are not located on, uh, just make sure you uh, you reach out to us on social media and we will uh, we will get it uploaded there. Um, and uh, check out our merchandise over at tpublic.com and uh, support the show that way. Tell your friends about the show. We certainly do appreciate everything uh, as we continue to work our way through the uh, the latter part of the 2022-2023 um, NFL season. Uh, we will be recapping uh, the College Football National Championship game this Tuesday night and looking forward to the first uh, weekend, super wild card weekend in the National Football League. So make sure you get ready for that and uh, interact with us and all of that this coming Tuesday at 8 o'clock Eastern time. Um, but, uh, kicking off the 10th edition of the five observations here and, uh, been really enjoying these a little bit extra content, uh, from me, um, as opposed to, uh, just what we normally cover on the, uh, on the huddle up podcast. And I want to again, thank, uh, Ernest EJ Christian, uh, for, uh, continuing the and one NBA podcast, as well as Mike Bernier with the five for fighting NHL podcast. I certainly appreciate you guys and the whole huddle up team. Uh, so let's get right into it. Uh, my first observation from this week, Jim Harbaugh staying at Michigan and why I think it's the best choice. Now, yes, I'm aware of, uh, some of these investigations. I will touch on that within this. Um, but look at it this way, uh, you know, Harbaugh is successful in the NFL three out of the four years he coached at the 49ers. Um, they went to, um, a NFC title game. One of those years he made it to the Super Bowl and lost. So it's, it's not that he cannot be successful in the NFL. Um, but, but when I'm looking at this and I'm looking at the, the Michigan team, um, that Beat Ohio State last year, made it to the playoffs. Beat Ohio State and won the Big Ten again this year, uh, made it to the playoff. And and yes, I know I know they lost to TCU, but um, Michigan had plenty of opportunities to win that game. And um, that coaching staff, I think, is probably going to be looking at itself and kicking itself because they had the opportunities, um, and and it was kind of their own undoing um at times that uh, and not this isn't taking anything uh any credit away from TCU but um just some odd play calling decisions um some questionable coaching decisions uh and some other factors but um they could have won this game they absolutely could have won this game um and and they're also a very young team so to me I'm looking at it going if he wants, and I truly believe that he does, like I, I think that part of the reason he 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 went back uh, to Michigan and went back to college football is he wanted to restore his alma mater uh, that he cares uh, a lot about to prominence. Um, you know, I, I, I've if you follow me on Twitter, if you followed along with the Huddle Up podcast over the last few years, like. 
I have I have defended him. I have uh, you know been a supporter um, of him and uh, you know what he's been doing at Michigan. But I think his his goal there was to, re- to restore Michigan to what they were when Lloyd Carr was there, when Bo Schembechler was there, and and coaches of the past that had success. Um, so I, I, the the job's not done, uh, really. I mean, yes, they've made it the playoffs two years in a row. They won the Big Ten two years in a go, in a row. But th- this team's primed. This team is um, not graduating or or having uh, many guys leaving, and they have a great recruiting class coming in. So I, I think they're more than capable of getting back to where they were, um, if not further. So um, right now, I think it, it's the right choice. And when you're looking at the teams in the National Football League that are rumored to be interested, a um, couple of the, the, the names that have been tossed about are the Colts, the Broncos, the Panthers, like, I, I don't think those are jobs that you leave the situation that he's at with Michigan to go to. Um, the Colts and Broncos are good on paper, um, but there's plenty of questions there. Like, let's start with the Colts. Like, you don't have, you don't have a quarterback. Um, you have an offensive line that was supposed to be a lot better that wasn't. You have a running game that everybody talked about Jonathan Taylor being uh, the, the next great thing at running back in the NFL, and he was basically non-existent when he was on the field this year. Um, and you have, an, you have an aging defense, or at the very least, a defense that underperformed. Um, so there's tons of questions with the Colts. Um, when you look at the Denver Broncos, oh, the Denver Broncos. Thanks, Omer. Um, you, you have, you know, you have a good running game. You have a... Decent offensive line. You have good receivers. Um, you have a defense that should be capable. Um, but it was a complete failure this year. Now, yes, Nathaniel Hackett couldn't ha-ha Hackett uh, in the National Football League. But also, you have questions at the quarterback position. Yeah, I understand. Uh, we've talked about it on the, the, the Tuesday show um, that you, Russell Wilson deserves another chance to cook next year, um, as as he would like to put it. Um, but but there's questions there. Like, was Russell Wilson, um, and and the level that he played at, and what we thought Russell Wilson was, was that a product of Pete Carroll and Pete Carroll's system, or is Russell Wilson really that good? Um, and here's the deal: Russell Wilson is also getting older, so. He may be that great um, and may have been that great. And look, I don't think he's actually a system quarterback. So before you start tweeting and getting angry at me, um, I'm not I'm not implying that he is a system quarterback. But what I'm saying is this, um, you know, he was bad this year. I understand that 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 team was bad. It was coached poorly. But Russell Wilson was also bad. We're allowed to say that. Um, so. I, I don't know that you go to the the NFL to go to that system to go to or to go to that team in that situation when you you aren't guaranteed to have a Russell Wilson that is going to lead you to the postseason. And then if you look at the Panthers, I mean, yeah, they got a little flashy near the end, but you also don't have a quarterback there. Is Sam Darnold really the option? Um, is I can't I can't think of the guy that that um, also. Uh, played this year, but are you are you going with the XF the XXFL guy to lead that team? Like, what what do you what do you doing? Like, in, in 
really, if you're going to be ultimately successful in this league, you chances are you need a quarterback. And and I don't think the Panthers have that. And you also don't have Christian McCaffrey anymore. Like I don't think that is a team that at this point you leave Michigan where they are and what they're ready to do to go back to the NFL now. Now, what I, I I'm not saying Harbaugh's not going to return to the NFL before he retires from coaching, but I don't think this is it. I think the next one to three years are his his best window, at least that he's had so far, to win at least one national championship with Michigan. So why leave now? If your goal is to restore them, why leave now? The wrinkle here that could throw a wrinkle into all of this are these investigations that we started to see stuff breaking about. I believe it was Thursday night that uh, the Michigan program is under investigation for some sort of uh, level one or level two recruiting violations or something like that uh, during the COVID year. Um, there was reports on Friday. Uh, as I'm recording this and as this show drops, it's either going to drop uh, late at night on January the 7th uh, or early January the 8th, but I'm recording it on January 7th. So there was reports yesterday that the violation had to do with, with Harbaugh paying for a recruit's burger or something um and i'm like that there's no way that can be it but also with as petty as the ncaa is i could also see that being it so um but a lot of times these investigations and sanctions and all of that that come down um they take a while so i i wouldn't expect this to um cause any change at michigan before next season um, and even probably before the end of next season. So I understand that depending on what the sanctions or anything would be, um, if they would come down, that Michigan could fire Harbaugh with cause, but I don't see that coming down um, in the next calendar year, in the calendar year 2023. So um, I don't think that is going to be an issue this year. Obviously, it's going to be something that we watch uh, through uh, the rest of our live season and our off-season uh, episodes. So uh, obviously stick with us. Um, for more on that. My second observation this week is, is we really saw the best and worst in sports media throughout this week. Um, you know, by now, if you're listening to this show that, that, uh, everybody knows, um, you know, what happened in the Monday night football game, um, to DeMar Hamlin and, uh, for the Buffalo Bills playing the Bengals. Um, and I thought that ESPN and, and their broadcast team, probably with the exception of Adam Schefter, um, did a spectacular job in the moment um, with Buck and Aikman, with Booger McFarlane, with Susie Kolber. Um, I, I thought they did a really, really good job tackling what was a um, unknown situation, a serious situation, um, and an ever-changing situation on Monday night. Uh, and then Scott Van Pelt and Ryan Clark and everybody involved with the Sports Center broadcast after um, the Monday Monday Night Football broadcast went off the air. Uh, I thought they did a fan- fantastic job. And I thought a lot of the sports talk uh, hosts in the days that followed Dan Patrick, Colin Cowherd, and others um, did a really good job um, at handling the seriousness of what happened. Um, you know, and, and, and I, I thought it really did show the best because sometimes sports media is not the best. Um, 
However, you know, and, and, you know, I understand what this guy is. I understand what Skip Bayless is and what he does and, and the reason why he does the things that he does. Um, but his, his poorly timed at best, uh, and poorly worded at best tweet on Monday night, um, I thought was gross. Um, I thought he had the opportunity to delete and explain or delete and, um, uh, clarify. Uh, he did not delete. He tried to clarify and I thought he actually made it worse, uh, on undisputed on Wednesday, I believe it was because Shannon Sharp didn't even come on the show on Tuesday. Um, he, uh, Bayless interrupted Shannon Sharp when Sharp was trying to explain why he wasn't on the show on Tuesday. Um, like, and, and I get it that that's what Skip Bayless is. Um, but the guy's a prick. The guy reminded us again this week why he is um, just a classless prick when it comes to sports media. Um, uh, Fox and FS1 should be embarrassed. Um, I know that they aren't because people talk about him. Um, his doubling down on it may have been worse than the actual original tweet. Um, but yeah, uh, but overall, I think you know sports media and and like I said, the crew on Monday night uh, handled it um, extremely well. And again, uh, with all of the positive news coming out on, on Demar Hamlin this week, the fact that now he's he's been extubated and um, he is uh, you know able to talk and interact with his medical team and family and friends and all of that um, is is just miraculous. Um, and another thing, um, I've seen this like big debate. We're back and forth because I understand not everybody's religious. I believe that every, I know that everybody does not believe in the power of prayer and all of that. Um, but let me, let me try and explain this uh, simply people saying that the power of prayer works is not, is not them saying that doctors don't work. Okay. These things aren't mutually exclusive. So when you see somebody who's religious, even if you're not say that prayer works, you don't need to be that guy that says, well, so do doctors. Uh, yeah, they absolutely do. Uh, and medicine is great. And doctors are fantastic. And, and every every medical person um, from at the stadium to in the ambulance to the hospital, everybody that had a hand in, in saving DeMar Hamlin's life um, absolutely deserves to be thanked and, and, and praised. Uh, nobody is saying that they shouldn't be. Um, but when you have people that believe in a higher power and people that believe in the power of prayer, um, them saying that prayer works is not saying that the doctors don't. So just in a, in a week where, you know, we'd see the best of people over $7 million raised for Hamlin's charity. We're also seeing the worst of people that you feel the need to argue about whether or not prayer is real or God is real or prayer works or any of that. Just don't be that guy. Don't be that guy or girl. Don't. You don't need to be. It's not necessary. Um, and and to, to wrap up this, like obviously it's it's kind of tied to what happened on Monday Night Football. Um, the, the league announced on Thursday that the Bills and Bengals Week 17 game will not be finished. Um, and handed out a a long list of scenarios. Um, for tiebreakers and home field advantage and neutral site conference title games and all of that. Really, the, the I think the NFL did the best at, at, with an impossible situation. Um, the only thing that doesn't make a whole ton of sense to me is the coin flip 
with the Bengals Ravens. Like if the Ravens win tomorrow, there has to be a coin flip to determine who's who gets home field in the first round game, even though the Bengals are division champs. Like it, like if you're gonna if you're gonna cancel the game and that's how you're declaring things, but the Bengals are division champs, then the Bengals are division champs. Like that like it is what it is. Um that's the only one that doesn't make sense, but also I'm under the belief that like if the Bengals can't beat the Ravens right now, maybe they don't deserve the home playoff game. But um but see that that's really the only thing I think the NFL did as good as they could with the situations at hand. Uh, my third observation this week, the NHL Winter Classic is still one of the coolest things in sports. Um I know it didn't have as much fanfare this year and I know ratings were kind of down and some people didn't kind of know about it. I think that's a failure of TNT um, and 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 the network and the NHL, like putting it on, uh, putting it on on uh, TNT for this. Now I understand you're doing it on January second, and that's the day of the Rose Bowl, so your ESPN ABC coverage is college football. Um, but I don't think the NHL did a great job marketing it this year. Uh, unfortunately, it's kind of you know it's gone from it used to be on NBC broadcast to TNT cable. Um, but you know I still love it. Anytime I have a chance to watch outdoor hockey, um, it is it is just uh, it is something that I'm absolutely going to do. Uh, I, I love it. it. It is fantastic to watch every time. I thought Boston really did it well uh, with and, and the NHL and Adidas did it really well with the with the uniforms. Uh, Boston with the uh, the, the orchestra uh, playing the music between plays. Um, and, uh, just kind of a simple setup out there in, 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 in Fenway. Um, I'm excited for Seattle and Vegas next year to see what that'll bring. Um, the, the, the two in Seattle, the two newest franchises in the NHL get to get to do the outdoor game. Um, and, and I and I saw a couple people and a friend of mine, Charlie. Shout out to Charlie, um, talking about uh, how there's just so much empty space on the ground level. Um, I've been at a couple of outdoor uh, hockey games. I was at um, the Hershey Bears in Philadelphia, or well, I guess at the time they were the uh, Adirondack Phantoms um, when the Winter Classic was in Philadelphia, and I was in kind of the lower stadium seating, um, slightly elevated. Uh, I've seen some outdoor games at the Hershey Park Stadium with the Hershey Bears. And here's the thing, like, uh, the, the ice and the rink itself are, are on like a riser on a platform. They're not sitting flat, uh, on the, the field itself. Cause you have to have all that stuff underneath to, to keep the ice cold. Um, so if you have seating on the, on the ground level, on the, on the, um, you know, on the grass level, uh, the, they won't, they won't see any, they'll just be a bunch of floating heads moving around, <laughs> um, above the boards. So like, that's why there's, there's so much empty space and all of that. Um, maybe next time they can do a better job filling it in, but, um, yeah, it's never bothersome for me because I know why they do it. My fourth observation this week, um, as the XFL schedules came out, they are now under 50 days, um, till kickoff, actually probably about 30 days at this point. Um, or just a little over thirty. Um, I'm really pumped for X for the XFL um, to to resume again. Uh, XFL 3.0, I'm kind of calling it. Um, you know, being a, a wrestling fan, um, I, I enjoyed the first incarnation of it uh, way back in the day. I I, I watched um, until the stoppage in 2020 with the pandemic. 
Um, and, and I'm excited to see it kick off again. Um, this year, I've kind of changed my fandom to the San Antonio Brahmas. I love the name. I love the logo, obviously. Uh, the connection to the Brahma Bull, uh, the Rock from the WWE. And uh, they have Jack Cohn, former Notre Dame quarterback. So I'm kind of all in on the on the Brahmas. Um, and really, I kind of, I, I really do hope that it can be successful um, the, the, this time around. And, and I think maybe with, with the Rock and the the presentation that they have, and you know, they have Under Armour as as the uniform sponsor. Um, they, they've gotten a lot of coverage with ESPN, so um, it, it does kind of feel like maybe there's a little bit more media backing to it. Um, but I, I, I guess we're gonna find out. Is the is the uh, is the world ready? Is the country ready for for spring football? Um, you know, we saw the USFL finish their season uh, last year. Um, in, in, in those, all those games are played in Birmingham. Um, this, um, this, these games are being played in their, in their host city. So we'll see how, uh, we'll see how that plays out. Maybe, maybe just maybe. So make sure you stay subscribed to the, uh, huddle up podcast feed. Maybe, uh, we'll have an uh, XFL content, uh, coming, uh, once the, once that league kicks off, uh, uh, here coming up in February. And finally, my fifth observation this week, Notre Dame finally has a quality quarterback. Uh, Sam Hartman has transferred, has announced his uh, transfer to the University of Notre Dame. Uh, the former Wake Forest quarterback is the all-time uh, ACC passing leader, 13,000 yards or approximately 13,000 yards, 58 touchdowns, 48, uh, 41 passing, 17 rushing, a 27-18 and 18 record with Wake Forest, which I know doesn't sound great, but let's be honest, um, he's probably the primary reason that, that uh, Wake Forest was competitive in a lot of those games. So um, and really, I think it's going to be a good transition. Um from where they are now to get to uh, Kenny Minchie and 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 some of the other quarterbacks Notre Dame's recruited, it's kind of this good stopgap year uh, between those. Like, look, um, you know, I've been I've been critical of of Tyler Buckner uh, as I was critical of Drew Pine. Um, Buckner unfortunately had the injury uh, in the second week of the season this year, put him out till the bowl game and Buckner looked decent, pretty, actually pretty darn good. I'm not even going to say decent. That's a, that's a disrespect to him. Uh, that isn't warranted. He looked pretty darn good, uh, for the majority of the, uh, of the Gator bowl this year, uh, led them to the victory was Gator bowl MVP after not playing for multiple months. Um, Drew Pine is transferred to Arizona state, but to me, you don't bring in a guy like Hartman. You don't re- you don't recruit and, and get a transfer uh, for him, especially with the weapons that are ready to go for the Irish offense next year, um, without without having the plan that that I think Hartman is going to be the guy. Um, so to me, you're you're going into next season with Hartman penciled in, and that might suck for Buckner. Uh, it might suck for Angeli, who's who was there and and was a red shirt this year, and and some of these other guys that are coming in um, as, as first year guys, but but that's the reality of the situation. When you have a a all time conference leader in passing, um, you don't bring him in to to be a backup um, to, for his final year of eligibility. So um, super excited to see. Looks like he's going to be the number ten. So there's been some successful quarterbacks that have worn that number at Notre Dame, but. Uh, That'll be something to keep an eye on, too, once you get to spring football. Um, but uh, welcome, Sam Hartman, to South Bend. Uh, super excited to see. 
what you can do. Um, so yeah, that's going to wrap it up for the five observations this week. Um, hope you enjoyed, uh, the NFL games here on uh, Saturday, the chiefs getting the big win. And, uh, as I'm recording the, uh, the Titans holding the slimmest of leads, um, as of right now, I believe it is still 16 to 13. Going to check on this real quick. Um, yeah, it is 16 to 13 with about 11 minutes to go. Um, so the, uh, the AFC South hangs in the balance, uh, over these next 10 minutes of football as I'm recording. I uh, hope if, uh, you catch this before your NFL Sunday, your final, um, NFL Sunday in bulk, uh, for the year, the final week of the NFL regular season, hard to believe, uh, football is already on its way out, but hope you enjoy week 18. If you catch this after it, I hope you enjoyed it and make sure you tune in to us uh, on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at Huddle Up Podcast uh, Tuesday night, 8 o'clock Eastern time as we recap the national title game, uh, week 18 of the National Football League season, and look ahead to Super Wild Card Weekend in the NFL. You can follow me at Big Jim Sports. Get the Huddle Up merchandise over at tpublic.com. And as always, stay safe, stay smart, and go for the win. Go for the win.